1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back. It's Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on BuffaloRumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. My name is John Baccasino, the longtime host of Bill Eve, being joined, of course, as we always are, by Jamie D'Amico. And Jamie, for the first time in the 2022 NFL season, we have actual, if you want to call it that, actual football to talk about here on bill eve as the buffalo bills the gangbusters of western new york run their winning streak to nine straight preseason games jamie the bills have not lost a preseason game in almost 1450 days
2: (laughs) that's such an interesting stat and when you consider that the bills went out there and they played exclusively their second and third teams Hey, not a bad result, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely not a bad result at all. I know a lot of uh friends and family members and Bills Mafia members made the trek to Highmark Stadium on Saturday afternoon. It was just so nice to see that football is back. I mean, as much as we get amped up talking about training camp at St. John Fisher University or, you know, the mandatory mini camp, this was actually a chance For players to show what they've learned, what they can do from the practice field into real live action. And again, I know that the Bills held out a lot of their starters. The Colts did play a bunch of their starters uh, early in the first quarter, but I thought it was impressive, Jamie. I always love to see the fight and the scrappiness when it comes to the second and third stringers vying for roster spots. These guys cared and you could tell they really were stoked when Tyler Bass made that field goal at the buzzer to get the Bills a 27-24 victory.
2: That is what you want to see, right? Because it tells you that everybody's rowing in the same direction, which is not an easy thing to do when you've got a 90-man roster and you've got a bunch of dudes on the team that, say "Say you're a starter. Say you're you're Von Miller. You know you're going to be on the roster, so what... What is your motivation for trying to forge friendships with guys that are fourth team, fifth team, you know aren't going to make it? But when you see that everybody actually cares about how each other is playing, that tells me you've got a good locker room in
1: place. And I like seeing that, man. Yeah, no doubt. The culture we always talk about with McDermott, with general manager Brandon Bean, uh, from Josh Allen on down, you know, it was really cool to watch. And I know. Um, it will look, it was not pretty football at times. It was awful, (laughs) especially when, uh, I guess here's where we'll start Jamie on this podcast. As much as we, we have, we're going to recap the game for you, not as in depth as say the circling the wagons pod will, we're just going to give you two fans perspectives. Like we always try to on what we saw that we liked and that we didn't like as the bills rallied from a 24 to 10 deficit, uh, to get the victory, um, and I got to start, Jamie, with the very beginning and the the offense, the first stringers, if you will, for the preseason opener. Case Keenum did not look good. He got off to a decent start completing his first three passes, but he just didn't seem comfortable. He wasn't running the offense well. And part of that has to be due to the fact of the offensive line. But what were your thoughts? And, and again, anybody would struggle to look good behind Tommy Doyle, Greg Van Roten. Bobby Hart, Luke Tenuta, and Cody Ford as your starting five. What did you think about Buffalo's offense starting off the game?
2: Okay, so I didn't think that the offensive line was as bad as they should have been against the Colts starters. That that was my first thought. You saw that Tommy Doyle was doing a decent job. They weren't getting, the Colts weren't getting a huge amount of pass rush uh, out of the gate. They certainly got more as it came along, but if you're Case Keenum, you got to be better. Uh, you know, the the interception that went off of uh, Jameson Crowder's hands, it was too high and it was thrown too hard for the distance uh, that the pass was going. And then the interception that was thrown uh, intended for Isaiah Hodgins, I mean, it looked like The defender was the intended receiver on that play. The defender didn't make any kind of real play on the ball. He just stood there and waited for the ball to come to him. You got to be better than that. And, you know, this guy has been around the league for a while. He's new to the Bills. He probably has had limited reps in practice. You know, he's been with the team for what? A month at this point? A, a, A month of active practices, we'll say. And he will improve, but I'm just glad that he's not the starter. Do you remember the days when the Case Keenums of the world were coming in competing to start for the Buffalo Bills?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and God forbid, let's go back and relive, you know, the Kevin Cobbs and, you know, the Jeff Tools and and the Thad Lewis's and, you know, the Matt Liner. It's all the Vince Young, you know, was trotted out by the Bills for a preseason game or two. Um, It makes you really appreciate what the Bills have in franchise quarterback Josh Allen. I feel like Case Keenum is what he is and he's got a familiarity with say Stefan Diggs from their time with the Vikings. Like I think he's going to be a better, more capable backup than Matt Barkley. I'm definitely not calling for Barkley to take the number two job, but it was just disappointing a little bit in the sense that a, we had to find something to nitpick uh, about this bills team. And, you know, as much as case came out, well, again, his first three pass attempts, you know, he completed the bills reached the red zone. But the misfiring to Tommy Sweeney and O.J. Howard was disappointing. The interception for Jamison Crowder was disappointing. It just really, the short drives, there was no rhythm that the Bills offense got into. And I'll be very curious, if I am Sean McDermott, first of all, let me say this to Brandon Bean listening to the podcast. After seeing what happened to Zach Wilson, I don't want Josh Allen playing anything this preseason. Like, there's no need to get him out there for anything unless you want to maybe do a quick like one series on kids day to let the kids see Josh Allen in action and you bubble wrap him and tell him no scrambling, no sliding, you know, take care of yourself. But I want to see Case Keenum's maturation over the preseason because I still do hold out hope that he is going. He's not going to be as good as Mitch Trubisky was last year, but we all knew the bills weren't going to retain Trubisky. He wants to start right.
2: Right. That's that that's a great point. Case Keenum is the best you're gonna get for a franchise where you know who the starter is going to be. The the players who are better, the quarterbacks that have a chance to get on the field, are going to try to get on the field. And that's really what it comes down to. I I, I think that there was a chance for Ryan Fitzpatrick to come to Buffalo as a backup, but he didn't want to do it. He says it's because everybody he backs up eventually gets hurt, and he didn't want to curse anybody. But let's be honest, the dude has always wanted to be on the field. So that's why he went into retirement. And you know, Keenum has shown you time and again that if you keep the offense within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage, he can do just fine. And he will do fine when they game plan and he has a chance to go full week of practice leading up to a game.
1: Here's my wish it would happen. Pie in the sky prediction. Since you mentioned my man, Fitzy, I got to give a lot of credit to Sal Capaccio for putting this out into the Twitter sphere. I want Ryan Fitzpatrick to sign
0: mm-hmm.
1: right before week 3 of the preseason. He can play week 3, get one last hurrah before the Bills fan and the Bills fans and then retire right off into the sunset with that glorious beard of a Bill forever.
2: I love it. I mean, anytime you can get Ryan Fitzpatrick anywhere near the stadium, I'm a fan. So let's get it done.
1: Now, we've spent enough time talking about Case Keenum, um, but I want to stay on the offensive side of the ball as we're going through here and giving our evaluations for what uh, happened during week one of the preseason. One of the biggest things, Jamie, I think I was curious about was – the slot receiver battle between Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. And even we'll talk about Khalil Shakir, who had a phenomenal game. He had a great catch and run. that got the bills on a 50 yard play, setting them up early in the game. But I thought it was interesting. The the supposed battle really turned into not a battle at all. It seems like Isaiah McKenzie is head and shoulders above Jamison Crowder. If you take a look, at the way the snaps were determined and the way that everything was distributed with offense. Isaiah McKenzie seems to be the guy that right now the bills will get the upper hand to uh, over Jamison Crowder for the slot position.
2: Right now that would be the case. The bills are usually very cautious about putting people into the lineup after injury. So I thought that they were going slow with Crowder. They didn't give him many snaps during the game and I am I am curious to see how this is going to play out because you've got a guy who's been in the league for seven, eight years now in Crowder who has been a solid contributor on both the uh, Commanders and the Jets. I'm exp- If you had asked me back in March, who's going to be the bill slot receiver, not only would I tell you that it was going to be Crowder, I was going to predict that he was going to be second on the team in receptions. Now I'm not so sure. Now, is it because Crowder can't play? No, that's not it. Crowder can play. And he can also give you some reps on the outside. It's that they're saying McKenzie has been that good. I hope that is the case.
1: Yeah, I would much rather it be a situation where it's McKenzie... Wins the job outright by being the talented, multi dimensional, you know, speed threat that the Bills need. More so, Jameson, you know, drops the competition like he did that one time. Tar- Again, he only had one target. I'm not trying to overblow this into the end of the world for Jameson Crowder. I think he's going to be a very valuable veteran contributor, but he's getting pushed in the sense of both McKenzie being a phenomenal presence this offseason and my man, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. What a steal this kid has proven to be in the fifth round. Mm. You know, he, he turned heads everywhere you looked during training camp. And that was one of those guys, Jamie, I was so excited to see how does his training camp practice? How does his preparation pay off in game action? Because it's one thing to run perfect routes, to grasp the playbook, and to show off your solid hands in training camp. But to do it in live action against another team is everything. And to me, Jamie, Khalil is not only going to make the roster, he's pushing to have a big impact, I feel like on this offense.
2: Well, I, I, yes, it seems like everything we're hearing is that uh his first reception was on a play action pass where the Colts definitely blew the coverage. Um beyond that, it seemed like he had a knack for getting open, and that's really what you want to see. He's not a fast guy. So, how is he going to do it? clearly he has to do it through precise route running and that's what they that's what he gave a little bit and when we're talking about late draft picks that are making a name for themselves i think that we have to talk about christian benford too the cornerback who ended up starting the game did you see the report that apparently three NFL executives were inquiring about Benford's availability before the game was even over.
1: Yes, I did. Cynthia Freeland, who is an incredibly talented reporter, I believe she was the one that put yes. out um, that report as the Bills' sideline reporter. And, you know, I it's interesting the games of subterfuge that take place between, you know, general managers. I mean, Benford has been, again, turning heads this entire preseason, and he did nothing to quell that. You know, during the preseason opener, the fact that the GM even wondered if if, if uh, Benford would make the roster, if he was available via trade. I mean, why would the Bills trade Christian Benford knowing the uncertainty that they have behind Trey White? knowing the lackluster separation between Dane Jackson and the rest of the corners. Although Kair Elam, we'll get to him. He played very well. I thought in his opener too, but I am such a fan of, and you know, Sean McDermott loves him. Some small school guys stepping up and making contributions. Christian Benford, man, to me, like he really turned heads yesterday.
2: Yeah. Coming out of Villanova. I mean, you don't expect those players to be able to contribute right away. But they were saying in the broadcast that one of the things that the Bills loved about him is he seemed like a really quick learner. So when they started doing the, the Zoom meetings with him after just really discovering him by mistake, that by about February, they were in love with the guy and they put the money where their mouth is. They spent uh, one of their many sixth round picks on him. But this is the kind of the kind of player that you need to step up because for your draft to be successful, You've got to be able to find guys in the late rounds that can contribute to the team. Now, if he ends up being a starter, would that upset you if he can start opposite of Trey White as opposed to
1: Kair Elam? Well, so here's – I don't think he's going to start over Kair Elam. I, I i don't think so either. But I like your hypothetical because I'll, – I'll spit it to you a different way. Would you rather Christian Benford see a lot of reps – um, early on as corner or the bill sign a guy like joe hayden who would be a one and done but might have more familiarity with the league um, might still have more in the tank than a rookie who there's a reason christian benford went to villanova i'm guessing he's not just a loyal lover of jay Wright and the villanova basketball team you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah he didn't have the talent coming out of high school we don't think to make it to one of the really big power five schools so I don't know. I, I I still I wonder that myself. Would I rather have a Hayden or a Benford in the back of the secondary?
2: I would rather have the I would rather have the veteran out there. And the reason is with the veteran, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's getting older and his skills are diminishing, but he's still going to make fewer mistakes than a rookie is going to make. It's just part and parcel of the game is that when you're a rookie, you make rookie mistakes, especially when the opposing team starts game planning for you. Because if this were the regular season, the Colts would have been studying this guy and saying, okay, what does he do well? What does he do poorly? And then they were going to exploit that on every single passing play. They were going to go after what he does poorly. And, you know, maybe, maybe he can make plays against it. But I would rather there be somebody like Joe Hayden who can step in there really without any training camp because he's been around for so long. And, you know, we saw with Josh Norman. Josh Norman wasn't great. In fact, I hated when he was on the field. But at the same time, he did make some plays because he was a heady
1: veteran. And I think the Bills are looking for that heady veteran. And let Christian Benford learn. He's got a bright future. He's got a high ceiling, it feels like. I loved His pass breakup on a fourth down play in the first half. He was really good in run defense. And that's what the Bills want out of their corners. And I think Christian Benford made a really nice debut for the Buffalo Bills. And I have to switch now to Kair Elam as we're talking Mm -hmm. about the secondary. What did you think about his debut performance and where he ranks on the cornerback hierarchy?
2: Well, (laughs) I think it was a little bit of a mixed bag. And the reason I say that is we we saw that he got a little grabby and was called for pass interference. And that has been the criticism against him. However, he also had an absolutely beautiful pass breakup. He had great coverage on an underneath throw where he was upset with himself for not breaking breaking up the pass. It looks like he's got the athletic traits to be a good player. He just needs to eliminate a couple of bad habits. Maybe what they need to do is put some boxing gloves on him so he can't grab. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a that's an interesting point because I feel like there's got to be some nerves and some jitters. You know, even though Elam afterwards, I loved his uh, his, his one of his quotes in the post game when he was talking about he did his one eleventh of a job, referring to what Sean McDermott always wants his guys to you know take care of their business and take care of their responsibility. And I feel like. What Elam did so well, I mean, his nose for the ball was evident. That play mm-hmm. you referenced earlier was a slant pass to Alec Pierce on a third down play, and he stuck with him like glue. He was close in quickly, and he broke up the pass. Uh, really a solid, one of his best reps this entire summer. And then after that Case Keenum first pick, Elam did very well again to get into a very talented back in Naheem Hines and uh, swat the ball away from him, uh, setting up a third and goal. And Elam also came in solidly on that play for big run support. So I think it was a very impressive debut. I didn't like the fact that he had a penalty, but rookies are going to make mistakes, and you want them to learn right now, early on, okay, here's how you handle it, here's how you don't. And the fact that he did have that penalty, but then he bounced back with that third down pass breakup, really showed to me that Elam has a very bright future.
2: Yes, I also want to point out that he was on his man like glue down the side, down the top sideline on a, a long pass. He was right in the guy's hip pocket the entire time. Uh, I don't know if that would have turned into an interception per se if the ball were a little closer, but that's what you want. You want your corner running stride for stride with somebody. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, there were a couple of plays that you know maybe the Bills had busted coverage. Maybe he was part of that. But that's okay. It's the first preseason game. They're going to they're going to polish this up a bit.
1: Oh yeah. There is. And that and, and that's the thing. We as fans here, we're we're geeked up to get to overanalyze the performances <clears throat> of these rookies. But really, Jamie, I think as a whole, you've gotta be pretty happy with how Buffalo's rookie class in general performed. I think the only rookie that I wasn't really happy with was Luke Tenuda, and I don't expect too much out of the guy. Baylin Spector played like a yes. man whose hair was set on fire. And I loved seeing that intensity. I love seeing that passion. I, I thought he was an incredibly pleasant surprise for the Bills yesterday.
2: In fact, I would say he stood out to me the most. He was so physical from the middle linebacker position. And he was drafted in the seventh round. And many people were asking why you would draft a guy that was such a poor athlete and we saw exactly the reason why. He was willing to take on interior offensive linemen uh, on blocks. He was shedding those blocks. He was playing so much faster than his 40 time and three cone shuttle times would, would tell you. And really, you need those players on, on teams. You, you need the guys. They're the people who become the glue guys, right? They're the, 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 as Big Newt calls them, the program guys. And I'm sure the coaching staff is loving him after that performance. I was positive he was going to be cut. I'm not so sure now. He was playing in the first quarter and making plays against Colt starters.
1: Oh, yeah. He's definitely got a chance. I mean, I don't necessarily know. I was with you. I didn't think he was going to get a chance to really make this roster. But he's the type of guy who... Again, McDermott covets, you know, the that high motor, high energy, always going after it. I thought it was really impressive to see the way he played. And by the way, I have to go back and say, didn't you breathe a, a sigh of relief when even though we saw Kair Elam going to the injury tent for a head injury, he was cleared to return. It's like, thank God nothing bad has happened to our prized first-round rookie.
2: Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> the worst thing you can see is – a first round pick going into that tent or really anybody who might be starting going into that tent this early in the preseason. It's like, Oh my God, can't we just get to the real games so that, you know, we don't have to deal with any of these stupid injuries. Like you said, the jets with Zach Wilson. Okay. He didn't tear his ACL. It's a meniscus. So he's going to be out like four weeks, but my God, you don't want that. And the jets, (laughs)
1: Well, I, I don't, I don't want to say it, Jamie, but I will. I almost feel like that's a little bit of karma for the really unnecessary late hit that the jets put on Jalen hurts when he was running out of bounds was clearly out of bounds and he got his bell rung by a jet. So, you know, touche.
2: Yeah. Did you see Nick Sirianni yelling across the field at Robert Sala after that?
1: I did not need an interpreter to tell me what he was saying. It was not safe for families.
2: Yeah, seriously. And I would have felt exactly the same way. Why is your guy lighting up my starting quarterback out of bounds? What the hell?
1: That's what you want to avoid, you know, from these games. And it was great that Kyrie Elam avoided an injury scare, you know, with his head injury.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: We've spent a lot of time, Jamie, talking about the rookies, and I was really happy with the rookie class. I do want to real quick mention, because the Twitterverse blew up, the punt god seems to have won the competition. That seems to be the overreaction, (laughs) but I think it's the right reaction, too. I mean, that 82-yard punt I would have loved a better net than 62, but the kid showed why the Bills drafted him. And he held, I thought, really well on Tyler Bass's field goals too.
2: Yeah. Steve Tasker said it. After that 82-yard punt, he goes, well, competition over. Here's your (laughs) new punter. (laughs) He also said he's covered a lot of punts in his life, and none of them went 82 yards.
1: That was just a booming punt. I mean, it was so cool to see the punt god may have already claimed the punter job. Puntapalooza might be ending prematurely, as much as I love to say the word punterpalooza. It might be Matt Areza's job to lose. Now, Jamie, let's go back. We've been talking about a lot of the younger players, but I want to yes. bring up a veteran or two that really, I thought, impressed me, given the fact that everyone's written him off as being, you know, dead man walking and roster spot in jeopardy. Even though he only had 37 yards rushing, I thought Zach Moss did a very good, admirable job in everything the Bills asked him to do in the preseason opener.
2: I think it was very telling that he was the starter in this game because I'm hearing I, I'm hearing rumblings that it's an open competition for the starter. Now, if it were truly an open competition, Devin Singletary would have been on the field. However, the fact that he was... The Zach Moss, that is, was the first player off the bench. Should be telling to you, the guy ran hard, and he ran hard behind a backup offensive line. That that has to be noted. That he was playing with backups. So, dead man walking? Nah, he makes this roster
1: well, especially with. I mean, and, and I want to say one thing too. You talked about shedding labels and misconceptions. I, I'm tired of hearing the, the the preconception that Zach Moss is just a power back he's not a power back. I mean, he has more power to him than Devin Singletary does, but I think that that label came unfairly with him from his days at Utah, and I really enjoyed that cutback run that he had, um, Mm -hmm. a 27-yarder to really boost his yards per carry run. Yesterday, he caught a pair of passes out of the backfield. He did fairly well in blitz pickup. You know, I liked seeing what Zach Moss brought to the table, and I don't know, it would be curious to see moss and singletary who really emerges um in this running back battle that get made a little bit more complicated jamie by the undrafted rookie raheem blackshear now he's a prime practice squad candidate but dude i loved what blackshear brought to the table for buffalo yesterday he was i mean he scored two touchdowns he had four Mm -hmm. catches for 60 yards He returned a punt for 16 yards. He had two kickoff returns for 34 yards. He had 121 quiet all-purpose yards as an undrafted running back, undrafted rookie, playing again with his hair on fire.
2: Putting out the good tape, right? That's all you aim to do when you're an undrafted free agent. Put some good stuff on tape. Hope that you can stick around. And they're giving him an opportunity to do that. Won't make the active roster. There's just not room for him. But... Yeah, I think they might have something there. Running back is a position where you don't need to be drafted high in in order to find your way onto the field. We saw it with Fred Jackson. He had to pay some dues, but he eventually got there. Not saying Blackshear's Fred Jackson, but it happens. That's my point. Um, Another veteran I want to talk about, actually two of them. Two backup linebackers that I thought played really well, Joe Giles Harris and Andre Smith. I thought that those guys were playing fast. They were getting into the backfield. They were playing the run well. And I I think that what we're seeing is some dudes that see that their back is against the wall and they need to perform well or they might be out of a job and they're not taking that lightly.
1: No, I'm glad you brought those guys up. The linebacker competition is wide open. Unfortunately, Andre Smith is facing that six game suspension to start the year. So he, right. I mean, anything that Joe Giles, Harris and the rest of the backups at linebackers put on tape to show what they can do, um, that's going to be hard for Andre Smith to make the roster. I think he's going to make the roster, but it's going to be uphill to see the battle for snaps and who could take over repetitions because the Bills don't play many three linebacker sets at all. We've already talked about Specter. Spector. Um, Terrell Bernard had a phenomenal game. I love seeing his athleticism on the scoop fumble six, uh, which was caused by a guy I want to highlight for a second. Mr. Boogie Basham, a guy that Long we, time he showed up, huh? Dude, it's, it's taken a little bit. It's definitely taken a little bit for Boogie uh, to Boogie his way on into the stat sheet. What did you like about Mr. Basham's performance?
2: Well, on his strip sack there, he looked quick. And that's really what we needed to see from him because a fairly strong guy coming out of college, but not strong enough to physically dominate. So he needed to add a speed element to his game. And seeing him dip around the right tackle, was that was wonderful. Those are the kinds of things we need to see from him. And let's let's not... Um forget to also mention AJ Epinesa, who had a couple of stops. He looked like he was playing quick. And I, I know I'm running through this fairly uh, rapidly here, but Tim Settle, the defensive tackle, was quick off the ball. And what do I love out of my defensive tackles? I love quick off the ball.
1: You're 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 done with the days of Sam Adams. Uh, the big four hundred pound immovable object in the middle of a defensive line. You want your well, quick guys. Well, Sam Adams was
2: also quick off the ball, even though he was a mountain of a human. Um, it's just to me, if you're getting into the guard or the center quicker than they're reacting, you have a huge advantage.
1: And I'm glad you know we we, we give we're, we're really not going to go in depth into a lot of these players. We're trying to give you some quick hitters from this preseason game here on believe but I thought that it was important for Boogie to have a big performance because we know that Greg Russo is going to be on one side of the D line and Von Miller is going to be on the other side. And mm-hmm. the pressure is on for Epinesa and Basham and what Basham does. I mean, Epinesa is quick, but Basham is quicker when he puts it all together, which he has not been great at doing so far in his first year plus in the league. And I know he beat a tackle who had been in the CFL last year to get to the strip sack fumble of Nick Foles. But the way he beat him like a rag doll was incredibly impressive. (laughs) And after the fact that Basham hasn't done much this preseason, it was a wanted development for Boogie to get out there and really uh, put a massive performance out there on tape. So kudos to Boogie Basham for his solid performance out there. Um, Really, Jamie, there's a bunch of unsung heroes we could get to on the defense too. A lot of them, sure. I mean, Jaquan Johnson's interception in return. I mm-hmm. mean, he's got a really big opportunity in front of him, especially with the uncertain future of Jordan Poyer facing that contract demands, wanting to get uh, want to get his money out there. You know, Jaquan Johnson really had a solid performance for the Buffalo Bills. But overall, I thought the run defense did very well. I know Jonathan Taylor didn't play much um, but for the Bills' run defense to step up and play the way they did too, I thought that was really a, a solid development for these Bills. It was
2: it was definitely showing in the right direction. Also, they had more uh, of they had more of a set with three linebackers on the field that made a difference most likely. And I did want to point out that there was some good run defense played by the cornerbacks too, coming up in, in support. So yeah, I think overall. The needles pointing up on on the team because, you know, the first quarter, if Case Keenum had taken care of the ball, it, the the entire team would have looked a little bit better. And it was it was Bills backups against Colt starters, and they came out acquitting themselves fairly well. The Bills did, so I I don't know. I I feel good about the performance
1: overall. We've given a lot of praise to Khalil Shakir in the wide receiver battle. But what did you think of Isaiah Hodgins, the way he played, and the way Jake Kumaro really didn't make much of an impact at all? Do you think there's a chance Hodgins could make the roster over a veteran like Kumaro?
2: I think that Kumaro is going to make the team, but not as a receiver. He'll be the number seven receiver. uh, But I think his path is paved because he's a core special teamer. Now, Isaiah Hodgins. Well, we're hearing that over the past week, he has played particularly well, maybe better than he has at any other point, but he's going to need to impress. I think he's the kind of player that the coaching staff feels like they know really well, which means they will also know his limitations. So he's going to have to show them that he can overcome what the coaches perceive as his limitations in order to make the active
1: roster. Of course, our man Isaiah Hodgins had nine catches for 77 yards, the most productivity of any Bills wide receiver, including a fantastic 27-yard grab where he managed to stay inbounds uh, later in the game, setting up a big touchdown. As Matt Barkley engineered a fourth-quarter comeback, the Bills rallied from a 24-10 deficit to knock off the Colts 27-24 in their preseason opener. We've been very optimistic here on the podcast today. Jamie, I want to get a little bit negative um, I want to talk about the tight end battle. What did you make of OJ Howard being on the field so late in the fourth quarter, given the fact this is a former first round pick? Do you think he's fallen behind Tommy Sweeney in the pecking order?
2: I think he has. It, word on the street is that he's moving slow. He's not been great as a receiver. His hands haven't been good. And he's going to have to show himself as a blocker. Yeah, he's falling down the depth chart, and I don't know offhand what sort of uh,
1: guaranteed money there is in his contract, but I could see him getting cut. <laughs> it's definitely not a guarantee. I don't think at all. For I think the Bills only spent, I want to say it was like two plus a million dollars for OJ Howard. So yeah, his position is not secure at all. I mean, the Bills really like what they've seen of Tommy Sweeney, who one of the respected Bills beat writers I follow quite extensively, Joe Biscaglia, had him on the cut list a week ago and then something happened this last week at fisher came where he really showed exactly he came alive and showed exactly what he could do so i thought that was a really interesting development at the tight end spot well that is going to do it here for this week's episode of the bill leaf podcast jamie and i were breaking down buffalo's 27-24 to 24 victory over the Indianapolis Colts in the preseason opener for both teams. If you want to get involved with this podcast, we would love to hear your thoughts. What did you like and what did you not like from Buffalo's Come from behind victory in week one of the preseason. You can get involved with us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. You can also comment on this article on buffalorumblings.com. We will be back next week giving you our thoughts after Buffalo's week two preseason game versus the Denver Broncos. It's kids day at the stadium. I'm John Boccasino for Jamie D'Amico, signing off on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.